0: Hi, this is Steve Thomas, Pastor of the First Baptist Church at Delray Beach. Welcome to our podcast. We study God's Word to apply it to our lives in order to make a difference in this life and in eternity. We hope you enjoy this message. We cry out. We cry out. Well, it's been a challenging fourteen weeks, hasn't hasn't it? What have you learned about yourself? How are you doing spiritually as you consider these last 14 weeks? What did you find out as the schedules got disrupted, as things got challenging? What did you find out about yourself? And as we've witnessed and and had these racial riots and racial unrest over the last few weeks, what have you learned about yourself? I think there's kind of a crisis overload in our nation right now. As people are saying, you know what, I, I, I've I've i had enough crisis. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I think for our, um, our black friends, they're saying, you know, we just want to be understood. We want to be heard. We want our white friends to understand there's a problem. And our white friends are saying, you know what, I just want people to not think I'm a racist. And that I do care and that I do love my brothers and sisters in Christ. But it's a difficult situation, isn't it? And I think for all of us, we're kind of saying, you know what? I'm ready to go to heaven, praise God. Uh, Let's go now, right? I just really want to go right now because I don't know how to fix everything. And I'm looking forward to being in heaven when we can all stand together as different colors of people and different political views and the right and the left sit down together and and have a peanut butter sandwich. I mean, they're going to have those there, amen. Probably be better, probably be a lamb sandwich, amen. Um, So I'm looking forward to that day. Let me ask you, are you confident that you have a reservation? Are they expecting you? Last year, around Thanksgiving time, our family was all going to meet in Denver uh, to celebrate Thanksgiving. And Julie and I flew out. And as usual, if when you fly that far, and when you land in Denver in November, there's going to be some issues possibly and there was a snowstorm. <laughs> Shocking, right? Um, we land, and we, we get our bags, and it's late, and, you know, I, I go get the rental car, and I get Julie, and I think, you know what, it's 45 minutes to their house, it's already getting close to midnight, the roads are getting worse, let's just get a hotel room right here by the airport, and uh, let's just call it a night. So I did that, I got on one of those uh, travel apps that I use frequently, and I booked a hotel room. And uh, we went to the hotel. We pulled up, and you're just so grateful. You you come inside. We didn't get killed on the road. And uh, we're going to have a nice, warm place to sleep. And I go up to the lady at the counter, and I say, uh, reservation for Stephen Thomas. And she looks, and she looks, and she looks. You know that feeling, right? This does not look good, does it? She looks, and she looks, and she said, I'm sorry, I don't have a, a reservation for Stephen Thomas. I said, well, maybe... Uh, Maybe it hadn't come in yet. I just made it a few minutes ago. Let's give it a second. And she searches and she searches She says, I do have a reservation for Stephen Thomas six months from now. (laughs) I said, well, that doesn't really help me a lot, I guess. And I realized what I had done is earlier that day, I was looking at dates for our family to gather the next time in six months at the, on that same app and i hadn't changed the dates i hadn't looked closely enough at what i was doing and i assumed that i had it right so i had no reservation maybe that's how maybe that's happened to you during these days as you've ordered everything online right i mean have you ordered toilet paper and got You know, um, maybe you got trash bags or you ordered grapes and instead you you got olives and, you know, those kinds of things. And and sometimes it's their fault, but sometimes it's your fault because you you hit the wrong box, right? Uh, You ordered a hamburger and you got chicken because you didn't really pay attention. Today we're going to talk about making sure, making absolute sure that you have a reservation in heaven. I beg you today for these next 20 minutes, as we look at this scripture, consider, do I have a reservation in heaven? Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 23. Love for you to open your Bible wherever you are, whether it's an actual Bible that has pages or it's a tablet that looks like this or a smartphone or whatever you have. Love for you to actually interact with God's word. This is the Sermon on the Mount. And this is where Jesus is gives his interpretation of Old Testament law. And he is the ultimate interpreter, right? He's saying this is how you live out a life that pleases the Father. And we have spent the last 14 weeks talking about the Sermon on the Mount. And talking about what Jesus meant by the things that he said. And we, we talked about the Beatitudes and being, being a spiritual beggar, being needy before God, right? We, we talked about the fact that we never really arrive and that we're always reaching after more righteousness. We, we talked about the fact that we need to deal with anger, not just murder, right? We need to deal with our lust, not just adultery. Uh, we need to be people who heal and save and preserve what is rotting. We need to be people who provide light in darkness. And there's so much more, as we've shared over the last 14 weeks. But Jesus is winding this up, and we're going to end it where we began. We, we started this process by saying, the crisis reveals the foundation. right? The crisis always says, who am I? Where am I? What's been happening? Am I a follower of Jesus or not? The crisis reveals the foundation, That's why it's so important that we get the foundation right. And Jesus ends it with another warning. Look with me, Matthew chapter 7, beginning in verse 15. Matthew chapter 7, beginning in verse 15. We'll read the entire passage, and then we'll come back, and uh, we'll look at it verse by verse. The Bible says this, Beware of false prophets. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Then continuing down in verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did not we prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. It's a powerful passage, and possibly the saddest passage in all Scripture, possibly the most stern warning in all of Scripture. This idea that people would think that they had a reservation in heaven, that they were expected, when in reality they weren't. Let's go back and look at this from the beginning. Verse 15. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Jesus is saying there are going to be people who fake it. There's going to be people who dress up and have the costume of a follower of Jesus who aren't really followers of Jesus, but rather are ravenous wolves. Wolves. We talked about last week, we need to be very careful about who we are listening to and who has influence over us. There are going to be those who look like sheep but are actually there to destroy. Sheep follow the shepherd. That's the definition. That's who they are. They need a shepherd in order to even stay alive. Sheep follow the shepherd. Sheep bear wool to cover others, but wolves try to separate each other, separate sheep from the pack. Sheep ultimately are the sacrifice, the symbol of sacrifice in Scripture. But a wolf is someone who wants to consume and destroy. We need to be aware that there are people out there who are pretending to be followers of Jesus. Verse 16, you say, well, how do I know that? And I've caught a bunch of you looking around the room to see if there's any, no, I didn't really. Maybe at home, you're looking around your your living room going, I don't know about you. Um, And there's the sense that, you know, I don't know who I can trust. Well, how do we know who is really a follower of Jesus and who isn't? Verse 19 says this, you will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So we get this idea that you identify people by the fruit of their life. And if you think of a tree or a vine... You know you can identify that vine most easily by the fruit it produces, right? You look at a grapevine, you see grapes, you say this is a grapevine. You look at a fig tree and you get, you see a fig and you realize this is a fig tree. In our area, if you see oranges on a tree, it's an orange tree, Right? Uh, If you see coconuts on a palm tree, that's the easiest palm tree to identify, right? It's a coconut palm tree. It's not a queen palm or a royal palm or whatever other kind of palm, which there's a million of them. It's a coconut palm. That's how you know. And I love how he says this. He says, Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? I love the image of that. See, fruit is what flows out of our life because of God's work in our life. That's good fruit. But if God isn't at work in our life, we produce bad fruit. Let me ask you, as you consider your life and the lives of those who are influencing you, when you get close, is there fruit that sweetens or fruit, fruit that stabs? Is there fruit that nourishes or fruit that cuts? When you think about the fruit of your life, what comes out of your life, which is more true? When you think of your long-term relationships and the long-term relationships of those who are influencing you, do you see nourishment or do you see harm? Do you see sweetness or do you see bitterness? This is what Jesus is saying. You can always tell the person. You can tell what they're all about by the fruit of their life. What naturally comes out. You've heard us talk in the past about you can always tell what's in the cup when it gets bumped, right? What spills out. And we've all been bumped quite a bit over the last 14 months, 14 weeks. We've all been bumped. What has come out of your life? And so you may say, well, Steve, what is fruit? What do you mean by fruit? I need to get a, a better picture of that. Well, Galatians chapter 9, Paul talks about the fruit of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit. What does that look like? Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. Paul says this, and, and this is what we need to see. because This is the picture of those thorns and thistles that cut and scrape, right? It's the picture of the, of the bad fruit. He says this, Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies. This is a serious list. Jesus is saying, and Paul is backing him up by saying, what is the fruit of your life? What is your life actually producing? It's not what you're trying to produce. It's what naturally comes out of your life as a result of the Spirit of God or the lack of the Spirit of God. Are you just constantly producing things that are harmful? And then he says, in Galatians 5, 22, Paul says, but the fruit of the Spirit. And what he means is if the Spirit is active in your life, these are the things that should naturally be flowing from your life. These are the things. That, and you don't try to wake up in the morning and think, I'm going to be this way or I'm going to be that way. And say, like, I want to wake up in the morning and leave the Spirit room to work in my life, right? Because I want the fruit of the Spirit to be evident in my life. Listen to this list. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Let me ask you, which list do you prefer? Which list of fruit is evident in your life? Which list is evident in the lives of those you are following or listening to? You will know them by their fruit. You see, you are identified by your fruit, just like a grapevine is identified by grapes. That's how you know who you are. People say, you know what, Steve, I want to know that I'm going to heaven. I want to know that I'm secure, that I've got a reservation in heaven. I want to ask you, what does your fruit look like? What is the normal outflow, the effluent of your life? Are you constantly on edge? Are you constantly angry? Are you constantly dealing with lust and pornography and all these things? Or are, in fact, you dealing with love, joy, peace, patience? And what are these last weeks revealed in your heart? What has come out as you've dealt with the difficulty? You're identified by your fruit. And Jesus says, he says, the bad trees that produce bad fruit will be destroyed. Will be destroyed. You say, well, I I want a loving God. I don't know if I can, listen, it really doesn't matter what you want. What matters is what is. And if you believe in Jesus, he's saying that those who produce bad fruit will in fact be destroyed eternally. That's why what we do is so important as a church. That's why sharing this message to your other friends on Facebook and other places on social media is so important. Do I care enough? Because there's going to be a day of reckoning. There's going to be a day. What does my fruit reveal about me? You see, many will expect to enter heaven, but will be denied. That reality should shake us to our core. Many will say, I'm getting in. I'm happy. I I hear people say this all the time. Well, you know, he's going to a better place. You know, I knew that guy. I'm not so sure. You know? Well, you know, I'm sure that the next life is better. Not necessarily, folks. That's not biblical. When you read this next passage, it should give us a great deal of, pause in our own lives and the lives of those around us look what it says he says not everyone who says to me lord lord like you're my lord you're my god lord lord not everyone that claims that i'm that says to that on that day that's the day of judgment that's the day when jesus says listen you guys refuse to worship me so you're not gonna make it he says not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And he's just described what the will of my Father in heaven looks like throughout all of what we've covered in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did not we prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. You workers of lawlessness. Here's the very fascinating thing about this passage. There are people who will point to their accomplishments and say, Look what I did. Look at all the things that I did. Surely I have a a place here in heaven. Look at all the things that I did. Look at my my ministry accomplishments. They say, Look, I, I prophesied in your name. And today that would be like, I was a great preacher. I was I was a great uh, Sunday school teacher I, I taught the Bible I told others about your word I, I I did I spoke about you all the time or I opposed evil I cast out demons I, I stood against the evil of culture or I even did miracles he's pointing to his accomplishments and here's the problem we always need to be careful that we know the difference between fruit and accomplishments. You see, you cannot look at your deeds and say, I deserve heaven. Billy Graham is not in heaven because he preached to millions, he's in heaven because he knew Jesus. Right? A pastor can't point to his church and say, look at all these people that I've taught, that I've led, that I've loved. God, don't I get a place in heaven? No. It's only if I know Jesus. You have to understand accomplishments are not fruit. Because then you could earn your way to heaven. Now, your fruit should match your accomplishments, but there's a lot of people who have pastored great churches who were far from God. Just be aware of that. You may say, well, you know what? I know this person and and I'm close to this leader and I I listen to a lot of great... Listen, the question is, what's the fruit of your life? What comes out when you get bunked? Fruit identifies the tree. And as Tim Keller said, I love this quote, uh, great preacher Tim Keller just got diagnosed with cancer. Um, he said this, Christianity is the only identity that, can, that is received rather than achieved. Christianity is the only identity that is received rather than achieved. In other words, you can earn your way to do all kinds of other things. You can, you can get education, you can, you can uh, build your career, you can know people, you can do all sorts of things that will help you have a sense of identity. I'm this, I'm this profession, I'm a married person, I'm a pastor. All these things, the question really is, though, have you received the identity of Jesus? Have you received the identity of Jesus? One of my favorite movies is Meet Joe Black. If you haven't seen it, you ought to see it. It's excellent. Anthony Hopkins, uh, and there's a, the other lead is a really ugly guy. I forgot his name. Brad, somebody... Uh, Very unattractive man from Missouri. Uh, Pitt, Brad Pitt, that's who it is. Um, If you know the story, Brad Pitt is the angel of death. Anthony Hopkins is a man of high moral character, a businessman, family man. And Brad Pitt is about ready to take Anthony Hopkins out. And Anthony Hopkins looks at him and he says, Should I be worried? And Brad Pitt looks at him and says, A man like you. And the inference is, because of what you've achieved, you're going to be fine. As much as I love that movie, I hate that line. Fruit is not the same as accomplishments. Fruit is what comes out when you get bumped for 14 weeks. What is the fruit of your life. You see, the tree doesn't go around thinking, okay, I got to produce grapes. And, and uh, the vine doesn't say, you know what? Today, I forgot to produce grapes yesterday, and I'm really going to try hard to produce some grapes today. The fig tree doesn't say, today, I got to make some figs. Man, I hadn't made any figs in a long time. And he wakes up and think, I got to be a fig tree today. I've been forget. No, it's what it naturally is because of, because of its identity. Fruit really can't be... Accomplishments can be, but fruit cannot be faked. Oh, you can act nice for a while. You, you, can, you, can, you can kind of tape some figs on your tree, you know, and you can make it look good for a while, but the closer people get to you and the longer they know you, do they know you as someone who just generally produces fruit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Say, so, well, Steve, that's a pretty high standard. I, I, I've messed up. We, we all have. Listen. That's what repentance is all about. But am I responsive to Jesus? And is his spirit allowed, allowed to make fruit through me? We all need to repent of sin. We're not asking for perfection, but is there the fruit of the spirit in your life today? I beg you today, examine your fruit. Examine your fruit. What is coming out of your life? Be very careful to not point at accomplishments, to not point at people that you know or are close to, but rather to say, Jesus, can you tell me some fruit in my life? Are people getting cut and stabbed and have a bitter taste in their mouth when they're around me? Are people being nourished and have a sense of sweetness in their life? You need to be honest examine your fruit what's naturally coming out of your life not what you really try hard to do but what is coming out of your life is God able to work through you second know this the good news is Jesus can make you a new tree He can give you an entirely new identity. If you're sitting there today saying, you know what, I kind of feel like a thorn bush. I got to be honest. You know what, I feel like a sticker bush and when people get up close to me, they just cut their hands all up and they walk away and I don't have any long-term friends. Jesus came to transform. He says, if you would like to be a fruit producing tree. I want to make you that today. And it's as simple as saying, Jesus, I'm tired of pointing to my good deeds. I want to point to you. I'm trying to, I'm tired of trying to wake up every morning and be a good person. I want to wake up in the morning and say, Jesus, would you work through me today? And would you make some fruit out of my life today? You see, you can receive a new identity. You just simply repent of your sin. Ask Jesus to come into your life and live through you. It sounds simple, and it is, but it's a huge change in your life. Someone else, Jesus Christ, through his Spirit, will live through you. And you're giving over control of your life to Jesus himself. Receive a new identity. And then we need to make room for the Spirit to work. Make room. Some of you are saying today, you know what? I know that I received Jesus, and I know that there's been fruit in my life. But you know what? I hadn't seen any for a while because I've been crabby for about fourteen weeks. And some of you need to stand up and say, "No." It's and you've been. And you've been saying, I, I can't believe what's come out of me over these last time, but with these difficult days. you got to make room for the spirit to work. He will not force his way into areas of your life, but if you just back off, say, Jesus, I want you to take over this. Here's some ways that you can do this. You need to spend some time in solitude and silence with him. These are just simple spiritual practices. This particular set's from uh, the... Uh, the Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Homer, but it's very simple. I just want to step back and spend some time in silence and solitude. Have you ever had any silence or solitude in a long time? And probably, many of you are saying, you know what, I'm stuck in a house with a bunch of people right now, and silence and solitude only happens when I can get a moment in the bathroom. Amen? That's what happened to you. Or maybe when you take a walk. I want to encourage you, step back. If you're confident in Jesus, you need to step back And spend some time alone with him and let him speak through his word and through prayer. Turn off your feed, turn off your smartphone, turn off the news, turn off all the voices in your head and let him speak. Make time in your life. Make time in your life to do what you're doing right now, to worship. I I don't just want to come and hear a message, I want to worship you, Jesus. I just don't want to gain information, I want to worship you. But I want to take time to process, to worship, and to rest. You also may need to simplify your life a little bit. When we simplify our lives, when we remove some of the stuff in our lives, it opens up space for the Spirit to work. We just need to slow down and allow Him to have space to build fruit in us. in the end to know that you have a reservation to heaven is to say that i know jesus you don't know anybody you don't spend any time with jesus says in verse 23 at the very close of the passage he says this i'm sorry i never knew you wow oh, i'm sorry i never knew you i'm sorry I never knew you. There's actually going to be people on that day who will be shocked by those words. But not if you spent some time knowing Jesus. Not if you gave your life to Him, repented of your sin, and allowed Him to come into your life and allowed Him to bear fruit in you. Say, Steve, that's really scary. You know what it should be? You see, there's no coming back from this. There's no earning your way back to get another chance to come before Jesus and say, actually, oh, I knew you. Let me let me have some more time. To n-. No, listen, you've only got one shot at this. You've only got one life to live. You need to know Jesus and to be able to point to him and say, that's the only reason I'm here. I didn't do anything to earn this, but Jesus paid the price for me. He's the only way. Don't be sitting there today and say, you know what, I... I've watched five sermons a day for the last 14 weeks. I'm surely going to heaven. No, no. It's only if you know Jesus and he's producing fruit in your life. Do you know him? Are there things happening in your life that you can only explain by the activity of the Holy Spirit in your life? You know you're a crab, but Jesus made you sweet. You know you're anxious, but Jesus made you calm. You know you're rude, but Jesus made you kind and considerate. Can you point to Jesus? Don't confuse fruit with accomplishments. Don't confuse a lot of good things you've done with knowing Jesus. Do you know him? I beg you. I don't care if you've gone to this church for tens of tens of years decades and 20 30 50 60 years you've been in church even longer i just want to ask you do you do you have any fruit it's one of the things that keeps me up at night did i help people know that they've got to produce fruit is anybody that would be in our church missing jesus have we not explained it i don't want to be there on that day I don't want to hear about someone that walked with us all these years and that got to heaven expecting that they had a reservation and got turned away out into the cold because they rejected Jesus all these years. We're going to spend some time in prayer. Would you bow with me? And as you bow your head, I want you to release Your grasp on your accomplishments. I want you to change what you're counting on. Maybe you came in today thinking, I'm good with Jesus because man, I'm coming to church during COVID. Or I'm good with Jesus because I'm watching, I'm watching a worship service and I do it every week. It's part of my routine. But do you know, Jesus, is there any fruit?